0: You know what that sound means, it's another exciting installment of the Van Brawl Seasons podcast where we talk local sports, both the Atlanta Pro franchises like the Braves, Hawks, Falcons, and we also talk the University of Georgia Bulldogs. So, strap in, guys, it's another exciting episode about to start right now. What up, Podcast Land? This is your host, Jamin Joe, the Fan for All Seasons Podcast. And on this week's episode, we're talking all things baseball as we talk some University of Georgia Bulldogs baseball. First, as the Dogs get ready to play in the SEC tournament that starts up tomorrow morning. Georgia will be playing in the first game in the SEC tournament against the Alabama Crimson Tide. So we'll be talking all things Georgia baseball as they get ready for the postseason. And we'll round out the show with some Atlanta Braves baseball talk as well as we get ready to talk some Atlanta Braves and as we get closer to the as we get closer to the ever important Memorial Day moment on the baseball calendar, you know Memorial Day is when you can either panic or you feel really good about your team. We'll be connecting with our guest of the week this week via the Fan for All Seasons fan line here in one second, but before we do it's time to get a word from our sponsor and Fan for All Seasons is brought to you in part by Georgia Smoke Barbecue, authentic original oak smoked barbecue catering. You can learn more at georgiasmoke.com and I'll be connecting with our guest of the week via the Fan for All Seasons fan line here in one second. And Fan for All season fans, we're back. We've connected via the Fan for All Seasons fan line with our guest of the week this week. And this guy has been on the podcast before. I want to say this is his fifth appearance on the show. You can catch this guy weekday morning 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Athens Sports Radio 960 the ref. You can also catch him on the Second String podcast. And he is also the PA voice for both Georgia baseball and Georgia softball as well. He is the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Logan Booker. Logan, how's it going, man?
1: Joe, what's going on? It's been far too long. Good to be back with you, man. It's been been a while.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I'm gonna talk a little university of Georgia borderline baseball and, yeah, man. and the first topic that I'd like to talk with you about is this the weekend against missouri was crazy it had so many ups and downs and even a walk-off win on saturday on senior day and so what did we learn about georgia in this final sec series of the regular season
1: yeah unfortunately it's not very good i mean hopefully like you said you got the walk-off win on on saturday and that was senior day and a lot of good good feelings were had then for sure but losing two games out of three to those guys was it, it was detrimental I mean I, I honestly believe it's going to keep Georgia from hosting a regional uh, after Memorial there after the SEC tournament but uh, it, it it just really stinks that it kind of came down to that final series and a team that is, is far less talented than you uh, somehow came to the Athens and got the best of them so love like Coach Strickland said it was good to leave with a with positive taste in your mouth if you want to call it that from from that walk-off win, but uh, even I, I, we'll get an SEC tournament talk in a second, obviously. But you gotta, you've you got to kind of. Re- and figure some things out. Injuries are not friendly to the Georgia team at all right now. There's certainly some talent there, but that was a tough one, man. It, you just you should not have been pushed around that way, and unfortunately, I think this means that Georgia may be on the road when regional comes. Georgia will be in a regional, by the way. It, it, the postseason is not over. It's just you're not going to host it in Athens, now. And Joe, that really kind of sinks, man.
0: Yeah, it really does, and, and I, like you, can remember regionals of the past. I mean, even back when I was a student, I remember going, I, I want to say it was against when we played Duke, and I remember watching Jeff Conine's yeah. son play and thinking, man, there's nothing like Foley Field during a regional. And I remember also oh, when I was a little younger, I got to see Gordon Beckham play against North Carolina State and Russell Wilson. And man, there's nothing like Foley Field during postseason play. Yeah, it it really it really is a special place, and I I, I hate it for the fact that we won't probably be hosting, but at least we'll get to see some postseason baseball. And at the end of the day, that's really all that matters to me and I know there yeah. Georgia fans everywhere
1: you, you're absolutely right that atmosphere is a lot of fun we, we've had good atmospheres all season too especially weekends but I mean this th- I mean, and this is a very talented team, but yeah, hopefully, you know, hey, I guess if you want to hold your breath, there's some miracle path that exists that Georgia could find its way back to a super regional. Not, not likely. I don't, don't quote me as saying it's going to happen because it's probably not. But you know what, you Joe, in the year that anything can go, that that everything we never expected to happen is happening. Why not, right? Right. You know exactly. Saying?
0: I mean, all you have to do is look is look at what the Braves did and look at what Georgia yep. football did. And even if exactly. you want to go back, Logan, another example would be just. Just think about what Georgia basketball did back in 2008. How they won four games in three yep. days. I mean, we've seen crazy things before in this town,
1: exactly. You never know, man. But yeah, it's, uh, I, I hate to start to show on a little bit of a somber note, man. It's just not a good weekend for the dogs, unfortunately.
0: No, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. So, jumping into the SEC tournament itself. And so, Logan, the Bulldogs will be facing Alabama on Tuesday in the first round in the SEC tournament. So what are your expectations for Georgia, not only in this game, but in this year's tournament?
1: Yeah, I mean, you're going to start the game off, uh, as we're recording this, tomorrow morning. It's it's a 9.30 local time, 10.30 our time. Uh, You're going to play Alabama, a team that you went to Tuscaloosa about a month and a half ago, and you won uh, two out of three. Here's one thing to be cautious about, though, is that in that three-game series, Georgia only scored in two innings. 27 innings played total, they only scored in two of them. But that was enough, thanks to good pitchers. To win the series two games to one. Um, Alabama's not a great team. Alabama's a decent team. I think Georgia's better. It's the big question now is how much gas is left in the tank. How, how much of the recent injuries going to affect things? It sounds like uh, Garrett Blaylock is probably going to be out for the season after getting hit in the eye by a pitch a few nights ago. It, it sounds like you know there's there's a few pitchers that may be struggling as well right now. Fernando Gonzalez, even though he played on uh, on Saturday, he's he's battling uh, being deemed up as well. So it really isn't a question of who's the better team it's who's the who's who's got the most left and georgia certainly can beat alabama i'm not going to say i Expected, but but even if they do get by Alabama and into that double elimination portion of the bracket, you got Arkansas on Wednesday, and then you go on from there and you just see what happens. I mean, some of the best teams in baseball last year, uh, if I'm saying this correctly, Mississippi State got run rule twice in the SEC tournament, then then turned right around and went on to win the national championship. So it, it's a litmus test of sorts, but it's not required. And in a weird way, Joe, uh, do not do not take this as me saying, oh, we, we should go ahead and lose the game to Alabama, but you almost start to think that if you beat Alabama, then you lose two more games and you don't win the tournament because you're out of gas, that could affect your RPI negatively too. It's one of those weird quirks about postseason baseball. There's a lot of fans, a lot of coaches, a lot of players that see some things wrong with the way the SEC tournament's lined up. But This goes back to what we said a moment ago, man, just go out there and play baseball and see what happens and and you never know. But uh, I like these bats. I like the arms that that are healthy. It's just what what, what team are going to get each given night, you know? And and, and unfortunately, that's the inconsistency this year. You don't know which team you're going to get Right, exactly,
0: exactly. I, I want to say, wasn't it Forrest Gump who said, life is like a box of chocolates? And I think that's what <laughs> it, you get with this Georgia baseball team. That's
1: a great analogy. Great, great movie. 1993, I was a kid when that came out. I've seen it no less than. 50 times
0: in my life. Wow, wow you said 93? I want to say yep. I was 2 when that oh. came out. <laughs> wow. I was 10. So I, I was like young man, but no,
1: that was one of those VHSs that we had growing up. I popped that movie in from time to time. I, I could probably
0: quote it word for word for you. I love it. For sure, for sure. Well, one of the guys, from a pitching standpoint, who is healthy, and who has mm-hmm. been absolutely fantastic for Georgia this season, is Jonathan Cannon, And I want to get your thoughts on him, Logan. And I know you've gotten see See a lot of grades here recently for Georgia. Where does Cannon rank amongst those Georgia grades that you've seen pitch?
1: Yeah, I think... If you want to put him sort of on a tier right now, I'd say he's somewhere between like a Robert Tyler and Emerson Hancock and Cole Wilcox. I'd put him somewhere between those two. He's, when he's open and he's pitching his best game, uh, he's as good as anybody out there. I mean, I think his potential is going to be recognized when the Major League Baseball draft rolls around. He's probably going to be a first or second round pick, I'd say, at the latest. I think he's, he's had a little bit of struggles recently, but I want to say in his first 43, am um, I saying this correctly, the first 43 innings, I think that he pitched this season, he did not record a walk. He recorded one, but it was an intentional walk, which is, it should not count against the, the pitcher in that case, but unfortunately it does. But the guy is amazing. He's got everything he needs to be a professional pitcher. It's fun watching it fully when he's pitching all those scouts that line up behind home plate. and uh, There's no less than a dozen of them every single time he takes them out, but he's good, man. Like I said, Robert Tyler was great several years ago, and he, he kind of fizzled out professionally, but now he's back assisting the Georgia program in the bullpen, which is great from a coaching standpoint, but uh, it, I, could he be an Emerson hand-talking to Cole Wilcox? Yes. He just may be a little bit less, a little bit more behind in the progression at the college level, but Joe, I wouldn't be surprised if me and you one of these days go take a game in a Truist park and he'll be on the mound either for the Braves or somebody at a major league level somewhere in the next four or five years.
0: Well, Logan, if Alex Anthopolis ever listens to my podcast,
1: hey, Alex, <laughs> I
0: think you may want to try to find a way to bring in Jonathan
1: Cannon. Uh, I mean, just imagine. You, you and I would have jerseys that day. Oh, absolutely.
0: I mean, just imagine about this rotation for two seconds. If you had a rotation of Kyle Wright, yeah. Jonathan Cannon, and Max Freed as your one, Ooh. two, three for the Braves, wow, love it, man. You
1: know, you know what? You know what? The Falcons could take some notes from that. You
0: know what wins? SEC players, man. Exactly,
1: exactly. And
0: <laughs> oh gosh, well, where do I begin with the Falcons? I think that's yeah, a whole other pod. Didn't
1: mean to go there for it another
0: day, there. day, Logan. Um, <laughs> oh. Oh, my gosh. What can you say? Well, well, I'll say this about the Falcons for one second. I am glad that they brought in Justin Schaefer and Fitzpatrick. I think think those two guys especially bring in a little bit of toughness and a little bit of personality for a Falcons team that desperately needs to try to find an identity. And I will say... It looks to me like Arthur Smith has somewhat of an identity offensively, and it looks like he wants to just have five wide and just get big physical dudes to go up and play basketball on grass. I mean, it... If that's it, if that's his idea and his philosophy, I'm totally cool with that. But yep. I just need to know like what 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 exactly we're gonna be doing. I mean, is it gonna be three yards and a cloud of dust, or are we gonna play? Uh, or, or, or are we gonna play run and shoot offense? Like, I just kind of need to know uh,
1: these things, Arthur. But I don't know, man. Here, this one thing. My my final word on the Falcons too is is I think Eagles fans. Uh, is there an Eagle fan that exists that envies the Falcons draft and we would trade it straight up? No, I don't nah. think there is. But we we as Falcons. Slash Georgia fans, I, I just look at all the images of Nicobe Dean and Jordan Davis doing Eagle things and it just infuriates me. But they, you know what? I'm a homer. I admit that. Uh, I don't think as logically as you do sometimes, Joe, when it comes to what you just said. But a homer in me gets real jealous watching those Eagles practice clips.
0: <laughs> it, it does me too. It does me too. I, do, I, just, yeah. I just keep thinking to myself, if the Falcons had taken Davis, like imagine a defensive yeah. line of Grady Jarrett and Jordan Davis. Like, wow.
1: <laughs> wow. We gotta move on. We gotta move on. Yeah, so, uh, yeah Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And
0: <laughs> and and so jumping back at baseball here and and so the Tate twins, Cole and Connor, have had fabulous careers for Georgia. And so what stands out to you when you watch this dynamic duo, both in the field and at the plate? From
1: the uh, Yeah, they're, they're legends, man. I mean, I think they both played in over 155 games apiece, starting, and then they just recently started getting back to the back, and uh from just around, the just literally in the shadow of Foley Field from Oconee County. And uh, these guys are great, man. So they, they they will be remembered for a long, long time as some of the best to do it. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't look like they're going to have a whole bunch of you know titles and celebrations and championships to add to their name. And again, postseason baseball is not done yet. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I, I think these look, I, I certainly am rooting for and I hope they go on and have long professional careers, but if for whatever reason they don't, uh, one or both of them, you, you, you are looking at future baseball coaches. Uh, you're, you're looking at kids that I truly believe, if, if, if they don't follow some other career path, which they would also be great in, uh, I, I'm not sure there's a player in the state, player in this area that would not love to play baseball under the tutorship and the leadership of either one of the cold guys. But yeah, they're, they're damn good dogs. That's not a label we put on to everybody, but uh, those kids are amazing. Well, they've given to the baseball program that George is just amazing. awesome. So I know a lot of renovations uh coming up here pretty soon, Joe, and think we can stick the uh, stick the to, the tape name on one of those things, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I like you have heard about those renovations. I'm interested to see how all that fits in with Foley yeah. Field and and if and if it'll still have the same charm and ambiance that it than it has currently
1: yeah i want that kudzu hill back and that, that is very much part of the plan but i want the, the students and have a little hill to hang out on like they used to it'll be even nicer than the old kudzu hill but it, it's still just part of the lore man. i'm excited to see it starting we're a couple of years away but i'm with you man i can't wait
0: absolutely the wrigley field of the sec and, yeah, s- man. and so logan our final point as far as georgia baseball goes and so following the sec tournament georgia will be headed to postseason play i have seen many mock regional host sites and i've heard you and Dave talk about this on the morning show. I've seen <laughs> sites of Statesboro, Georgia to Tallahassee, Florida. And so in your opinion, what regional do you think Georgia is going to end up? In? Uh,
1: it, could you imagine, and like you said, you, we mentioned this on the morning show. Could you imagine a Statesboro regional where Georgia Tech is also there and maybe a Campbell or some other lesser school, but to have the three Georgia schools in the same regional and it being Statesboro, not Atlanta, not Athens, but Statesboro, that would be wild absolutely insane I mean I, I'm not even gonna say I hate it because I think from a fan perspective uh someone that just appreciates a lot of the quirkiness and weird things with college sports I don't I don't always have to you know hey home team or nothing I, I, I'm okay with that kind of stuff it'd be, it'd be bad that you had to go down there obviously but it'd be it'd be something different for sure uh but that being said I, I'm not sure I believe that hype I think Georgia will in all likelihood wind up in Tallahassee I know Maryland has been a name thrown out there uh, Auburn might be a little. Too high of a tab. Georgia going that that direction, but I'm with you. I I, I think Aikenborough is a possibility, but I would probably, if I had to blindly take my uh, travel plans now, I'd probably be heading down to Tallahassee to take on Florida State and those guys. But Joe, could you imagine Aikenborough, the center of Georgia baseball? Oh
0: my gosh! And and I mean, what's interesting, Logan, I, I've been talking about this with my girlfriend. My girlfriend Allie is a Georgia Southern alum, and so she's been really getting into <laughs> Georgia Southern baseball. And uh, we we watched the series when Georgia and Georgia Southern played against each other. And yeah. she, and she keeps tabs on it. And she and I told her, and I was like, Allie, like, could you imagine if Georgia Southern was hosting a regional with Georgia and Tech in it? How crazy that would be! And <laughs> and she's just like, Wow! Like, it, it would be yeah. really crazy. It really would be. <laughs>
1: those southern the southern fans, even though the uh Cool as out, man. You know they would just like light that place
0: up. Oh, absolutely! It'd be
1: amazing, absolutely. But let's avoid it if possible. But if <laughs> not, I'm not going to complain about it. How about that?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and I I will say this: I think it would be cool to for it to be at least still in state. And I know I know it would be tough for Georgia to have to go down there and play in a tough place like Statesboro. But if you were able to come out of there alive, like, wouldn't that be oh, just like a really cool story? Yeah,
1: no doubt. Unfortunately, the prize is probably going to go to Tennessee after that <laughs> yeah yeah no doubt i think if, when you're writing the history book of all three of these in-state baseball programs that would be a chapter that would be a stand alone man it'd be awesome so yeah the winner would have ragged rice for quite some time absolutely and our luck would be campbell that wins it, right <laughs>
0: campbell the mighty camels of campbell The
1: campbell baby all right so <laughs> we're,
0: gonna, we're gonna jump we're gonna keep the baseball talk going here man and we're gonna we're gonna jump to some atlanta braves and so the first topic i want to talk to you about as far as the braves go the Braves following a 3-3 three three road trip are now back for a seven-game homestand all against the NL East with the Phillies and Marlins. And now that we're getting ever closer to Memorial Day, I want one adjective that you would use to describe the 2022 Atlanta Braves.
1: frustrating. Very, very frustrating right now, but but you know what, it's, here's the thing, and I know you listen to me, you, you hear me talk about this often, I'm at peace right now with the Braves. I'm, I'm still in that honeymoon phase. Um it, it is still frustrating, nonetheless, but the the level of frustration is nowhere near it, what it would have been had the Braves gone and, like, they lost Game 7 of the World Series and blown a big lead and all that stuff. It, it, it's fine. Um, I, I think there's a lot of things that the Braves have that are going to improve this team over the next even fun give if you get a Soroka back, you get Cunha fully reacclimated to playing ball every single day and by gosh get uh get Ozuna out of the outside. Oh by the way, you and I were we recording this on what is today, Monday? Yep. You saw who's playing left field tonight? William Contreras. I like How it. Crazy. I like it. I'm and then see what It's certainly the right word I think, but when it comes to me like eating my head against the wall it's just not happening and I'm, just, I'm, I'm still enjoying
0: watching this Braves team knowing that we can be so much
1: better. Right, exactly. Well, well, here's what I'll say
0: on two fronts. The first about the Contreras thing. What it stands out to me, you have him out in my field, and, and, what, and what that tells me is he may not be the fastest guy as far as getting in the ball, but you know one thing. If the ball comes to him, he'll, he'll definitely be able to fire it back in. I mean, he, he's got a really <laughs> strong arm from behind the plate. And I, know, right. and I know in spring training he was getting a little bit of work in the outfield as well as third base. Yeah. And so that should be interesting. I, I give Snid a lot of credit for shaking things up a little bit. Yeah, and, uh, no, I appreciate Absolutely, and, and the last point I'll say about the Mets, what we've, what we've begin to see with the Mets is that their pitching is starting to get injured and show its age. Max Scherzer is now on the disabled list. You haven't heard a peep out of Jacob deGrom. The Mets pitching is starting to crumble right before our eyes and, we, and we've seen this movie before. I think it's only a matter of time until the Mets come tumbling back to earth and become the Mets oh, that yeah. we're all accustomed to. Let, let me ask
1: you this, Joe as, as a Brave fan, as People people like you and I that hate both New York teams with a passion. I hate the Yankees. If it came down to the Yankees and the Mets, I, I may wear pinstripes. I, I would actually like to see them crash and burn. You know and I'm saying if they come down to the World Series, which I don't think it will, but if that was the scenario, how, how kind of satisfying would it be to watch the Mets get all the way there again and crash and burn to their, like, nemesis around the corner? So they're, they're so, you know, dead on being the New York team. N- no one believes they are except for, like, Owen, the owner. And then they're diehard fans for Jerry Seinfeld. I'm telling you, if we if the Braves aren't there, I want to see the Mets blow a three nothing lead to the
0: Yankees. I w- I would love that. I would love that. I actually <laughs> I, I actually had a guy on my show a few weeks ago who's a huge Yankees fan, and he grew up with my dad and went to high school with him, and, and so he's a big Yankees guy, and uh, and and he and he had some very interesting insights as far as where the Yankees are <laughs> and stuff, and I and. I honestly have no issue or qualms with the Yankees now, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we won the World Series Mm -hmm. in 21, and I used to just have so much envy of them and how they would just roll off championships, but the Yankees have been average as grits, man. Yeah, it it heals wounds, man. It it, it definitely heals wounds, like you said. It it really does. It really does. And and so now, Logan, the next topic I want to talk to you about as as far as the Braves is the starting rotation. So the Braves' starting rotation has been steady so far this year, especially with the leadership of Max Freed and the emergence of Kyle Wright. I want to get your thoughts on these two pitchers and the jobs they have done for the Braves so far in 2022.
1: Yeah, man, Max Fried, he certainly picked up right where he left off from last season, man, for game six, where he had that gym that we'll remember for the rest of our lives. Uh, Pitching great in the postseason, too. But yeah, he's been steady. I think that's a great word for it. And he's about to be a very rich Max Freed in the near future when his, when his next contract negotiation comes up, and I certainly hope it's with the Braves. Uh, hopefully that's Foundation has been said he wants to be that next long time praised guy. I love everything about Max Reed And you know, no pitcher is gonna be perfect out there even the best of the best out there uh, They have bad days and Freed is certainly not immune to that at all But when need on, that curveball is just deadly man it's One of the best I've seen uh, maybe since big three we had with some uh, added and smoke back in the 90s But yeah pay the man <laughs> I don't want to immediately just move on from the Freddie Freeman pay the man
0: I like it. I like it, and I know you see those shirts with the Braves that say Acuna, Albies, and whatever the year is. I I think before too long we'll be seeing Freed Wright like twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Darn right, man. And so the next topic we're going to get into, Logan, we're going to talk about the Braves' offense. I know we kind of talked about it a second ago with Contreras, and and so it's been kind of up and down. And so what tweaks would you make to jumpstart this Braves' offense? I love
1: I love that Ozuna is starting to click right now. He's been red hot the week that we're recording. This. Now not be kind of building up here it looks like he's finally kind of snapping out of it unfortunately Austin Riley and Max Olsen, sorry, Matt Olson um, and others they've just been really really slumping like like epically slumping and uh, eventually with the law of averages when it comes to 162 games of baseball you're not going to slump forever if these guys can start getting it going and enjoy, you know, Ozuna, I mean, they will I have no doubt in my mind they will but it's not just the Braves it's all of Major League Baseball that seems to be a little bit of an offensive funk right now and, and when things do click. I'm not sure there's you know five lineups that I would take in major league baseball over what the Braves have together. So uh, maybe that's me talking on the heels of World Series championship, but I I'm very patient with it. Um but but you know that the piece is, is real. The honeymoon period is very real. But I, I do thoroughly believe, Joe, this goes back to what I said a moment ago. One of these days it could be today. It could be Tomorrow, uh, the Braves are going to get hot. I really have no doubt in my mind that the Braves are going to have a dredge. They're going to win a lot of games, and it's going to be one of those hit fests. And, and Maybe the, the schedule lines up here the next couple of weeks, but we're in for, we're in for a good summer. I'm not stressing it at all. I, I do think the Braves are going to click, and all those guys we, we mentioned are slumping are going to really start hitting along with Acuna and Aldi's and doing their thing. And, and Joe, this is a good lineup, man. No. So, I'm good. I'm. I'm just waiting, willing to wait a little longer
0: if I have I, I totally agree with you, and kind of like we talked about a second ago with moving Contreras up to the top and moving Olson down and Riley too. I, I I give Snit a lot of credit, and and may, maybe this is the thing that's going to jumpstart the offense. And yep. I mean, I mean, we'll just have to see. We'll just have to see. I definitely think that there's too much talent on this team, especially from an offensive standpoint. And you look at a guy like Matt Olson. I know I for one have been kind of. I have been kind of frustrated at times with him but I but I still think if you look at the back of his baseball card Matt Olson is going to heat up I mean there's too much talent for this guy to keep struggling the way that he's struggling we
1: I mean, just just look at his career numbers to go pull up baseball reference I know you've done it Joe, I'm just saying to anybody, look at those numbers, and he knows that this is an anomaly right now. It, it, it's just a bad stretch. We're still less than two full months into the season, and things will balance out a little bit. He, I, I keep going back to the, the patience, but he's going to get hot. I know he will. And uh,
0: I think we're going to be as, as a fan of him as we've Freddie Freeman before it's all said. Absolutely. And and a little bit of background on that, also, I'm, I'm sure you're aware that that at one time he was committed to go to Vanderbilt so just imagine yeah. Matt Olsen with a metal bat in his hand
1: <laughs> holy cow like, we're to find a way to get these guys to quit committing to Vanderbilt I know Andrew Jones' son is committed he'll never play there because he's
0: gonna be the number one overall pick I think but we gotta get these guys to commit elsewhere man The Georgia area yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely. And I'm looking at, uh, I'm I'm looking at a lot of these in-state guys and I'm like, why aren't you coming to Georgia? Like, like Georgia's got so much to offer. I mean, Logan, between you and, between you and I, I think we could sell recruits and, and kids looking at, looking at Georgia. And I I think you and I could be like the lead, like pitch guys to be like, you need to
1: come to Georgia. That's what's up. Well, just well. Next time how this trick, I'll tell them how plant. We'll get them all back here man. <laughs> There so you know, go. Facilities and, and look, Georgia. Georgia's got everything to sell. It's just I wish we would kind of upgrade our facilities, but we're doing. That's the good news. Is that we got all the things in the works, and maybe that that recruiting pitch will be a lot different
0: here. This for- the bullpen. Oh no, wait. Uh, yeah. The the bullpen for the Braves has been solid and steady, especially with Kinley Jansen at the back end. And so, what has stood out to you about this Braves bullpen thus far in twenty twenty two? Yeah, it's
1: been steady. Um There's some things I would like to. See a little better. I think Nastic has struggled a little bit. I know he's going to deal with an injury right now. I think you're feeling the loss of Luke Jackson. Do you remember the days that we used to, to hate Luke Jackson? And everybody thought that he was a disaster, and then all of a sudden he clicked, and he's fantastic. But I, I do. I miss Luke right now. I wish we could get him back out there. but That'll be next year, unfortunately. But no, you mentioned that Jansen's been solid. Uh, even Will Smith, he's still a little bit of a roller coaster ride, but how awesome. What a convenience to have two closers uh, to pick whichever one is you know next in line or whichever one fits the situation uh, it's been very good so yeah the bullpen is certainly going into the season we knew and thought it would be a strength and uh, it certainly still is McHugh is is, is good I want to see more brighter I mean I, I'm not I'm not opposed to seeing him start on like a six, fifth or sixth day uh, when you need someone like that if it's a long stretch of games but but I love what
0: I totally agree with you as far as the bullpen, and and I think Kinley Jansen ha, has really been the stabilizing force to it, and and he he's kind of been that calming veteran influence, you know. And and like you yep. said, Will Smith has been a roller coaster ride that you would ride at Six Flies called the Will Smith, where you go up and down, up and <laughs> down, and you have no idea what you're getting into. And then Man. You, and then I like what you said about Spencer Strider. I think I agree with you. Whenever Strider pitches, I stop what I'm doing and I and I just enjoy watching him pitch. He he reminds me of Craig Kimbrell with his ability to to get it up as hard as he does. And just mm. think about this, Logan. What like Strider, like Strider last year, I want to say was an A ball at one point and shot up the minor league system and is now yep. in the major leagues and doing a great job for the Braves bullpen. And I, I just, I just can't get over what we're seeing out of uh, Mr. Strider. And not to mention, yeah. he, he has a great mustache too. He does have a great. That's that's important
1: these days,
0: right? Absolutely. And so, Logan, the final topic for you on the show tonight is. About the National League East, and so what are your thoughts on the division at this point in 2022?
1: I mean, certainly the Braves are, are top two. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to blatantly disrespect the Mets, even though I hate them with every fiber of my being. They're a good team, I, I know that. But we mentioned it earlier; we joked about it. Do we trust them to, to stay hot? No, I, I I don't see a situation where Scherzer and Degrom both finish the season healthy. I, I, I'm not wishing ill will on anybody. That's just their history; that's just what they do. In the Mets are not good at holding on to things, but but if I had to be a betting man right now, uh, I would probably bet that the Mets are going to win the division. The Braves have a very real chance. be I I think the the Phillies have a lot of holes. I, I think the Nationals are on a train wreck right now, and the Marlins are going to marvel. So it's going to come down between the Braves and the Phillies, and we'll get we'll get a taste of that these next four nights. And even even uh, uh, Bryce Harper dealing with the injuries, I think he's going to be fine, but. that baseball, you may not be as a fifth and division winner. But, but that being said, the Mets are
0: vulnerable. I'm not praising them; they're vulnerable, but they're good right now. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are. I'll, I'll tip my hat to the Mets. And and the first thing that really jumps out to me about the Mets is, is how they've rebuilt their lineup. Like yeah. Starling Marte in the outfield, and you move Jeff McNeil to left field. I mean, the Mets are not they're, they're, from an offensive standpoint. They're they're deeper and they're better than they've been in years past. Yeah. And also, well, the fact that owner, you ended-
1: I, I envy their owners so bad.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh,
1: Steve Cohen? I, yeah, I, w- I wish we could wake up, Joe. It's a dream of mine to wake up one day and, and open up a, an old-fashioned newspaper and read the headline that says, Liberty Media sells Braves to uh, Mark Cuban. Or, or something like that. Some billionaire that just wants to win and win at all costs. And uh, I think with Alex Anthopoulos, with the, with the bottomless pit of money, man, that, look, that's what the Braves are printing right now at the battery. They they are generating big money. But as long as Liberty Media is there, we're not going to be any aggressive, go out and get four of the top, I'm sorry, get, get two of the top like, five or six free agents in the offseason. That's not how the Braves and Liberty Media operate. But one day, I like the thought of waking up and seeing that we sold to a billionaire. So I'm actually happy of the mess in that I think Cohen's a little bit of a caricature. Uh, I think he's got some quirks. I think he's a little bit strange, but but he's got money and he's not afraid to spend it. And I wish the Braves would get more on board with that because we could be for a medium market team. We could be one of the best in baseball consistently. I, thankfully, we have our championship, but I can't complain too much
0: about it. Absolutely, absolutely I totally agree with you. I think one day in our lifetime, Logan, we will see the Braves have a singular owner. I don't know who. I don't know when. But I just but I just get this feeling in my lifetime. I mean, I mean just think about the Braves from the standpoint of, of, try, of, of trying to acquire them. Like, why would you not want to buy an elite, young, talented team with arguably one of the faces of baseball in Ronald Acuna Jr. And then Max Freed. And there's so much young talent. I don't understand it. I don't yeah, get if it. If the dream
1: comes
0: true, man. I don't get it. Well, Logan, I really appreciate you coming on the show this yeah, week man. and talking some ball, both Georgia and the Braves. I always enjoy your insight, my friend. Our conversations are great. And I really appreciate you coming on.
1: By the way, right before you, uh, right before you called me, I opened the mail. I got my Georgia National Championship replica ring in the mail. No way! This thing is sweet, man. This thing is. Uh, I'm just like playing with it the whole time we're talking. So I uh, go get you one. Uh, we, we, we as fans, we've earned one as well. It may not be as real and nice as the players, but darn it, get yourself a ring. I'll
0: find. I'll find a way to get one. That's for sure. That's for sure. I, yeah, I, I appreciate the heads up on that, man. Thanks. Yeah, man. All right, Logan, well, I'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks again. Good talking to you, Joe. Absolutely. I always enjoy it, man. So that was a really good interview we did with our man, Logan Booker. He provides great insight, as usual. And I I just always enjoy our conversations. He and I, we're, we're one in the same. Our fandom for both the Braves... In Georgia and all the Atlanta teams is very similar in that respect. And so I remember the first time I met Logan, I was like, I, I was like, I vibe with this guy. I get it because he gets me, and we're both like very passionate fans who who lo- who love our teams and wear our teams are pr- on our sleeve and. And and that's what I love about Logan. That's what I love about Logan. He's a great guest and someone who I consider a good friend of mine, for sure. Again, I always enjoy his insight. And so, before we get on out of here this week, guys, I want to say about FanForAllSeasons.com. It's our website you can check out. We've got our merchandise store with our sweatshirts, hoodies, and t-shirts. I know it's not sweatshirt and hoodie season, guys, but we've got comfy colors t-shirts. And they're in a variety of colors. So, check it out. Go to FanForAllSeasons.com. Go to the Shop Merch tab, and that's where you'll find your Fan for All Seasons merchandise. So, one last bit of news, guys. It's time to get a word from our sponsor. And Fan for All Seasons is brought to you in part by Georgia Smoke Barbecue, Authentic, original smoked barbecue catering. You can learn more at georgesmoke.com. So, for... And so, for... My guest of the week this week, Logan Booker. Thanks again, Logan. This has been Jam and Joe. This has been another exciting installment of the Fan Frost Seasons podcast. And we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. Go Braves and go Dogs.